From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., today we'll look ahead to the political stories that'll likely top the headlines in 2019, beginning with the inauguration of Democrat Tony Evers as governor next week. Evers narrowly defeated Republican Governor Scott Walker in the November midterm election. Evers campaigned on promises to expand Medicaid, reduce the prison population by half, raise the gas tax to pay for roads, and pour an additional $1.4 billion into the public schools. But he'll likely run into some major roadblocks trying to get these initiatives through the GOP-controlled legislature. So what will the relationship between Evers and lawmakers look like? It's not starting out on the best foot because of the extraordinary session that Republicans called after November elections to push through a series of bills that they argued were about balancing the powers between the governor's office, the executive and legislative branch, but Dem saw as a power grab. So it depends. Is it going to be like that going forward, or can they find ways to compromise? I mean, looking at possible compromises, you know, uh, Evers has talked about the option of raising the gas tax, but hasn't committed to a number. Um, there are Republicans in the legislature who express an interest in doing that, putting more money into roads. Can they find common ground there? Um, Evers also, during the campaign, talked about a, a 10% tax cut for the middle class. Can he find common ground with Republicans on that? Uh, Senate Majority Scott Fitzgerald has said on occasion that he thought that was something they could maybe work towards. So watch for that. But at the same time, you know, Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, is trying to position himself as kind of the leading Republican voice against an Evers administration to carry the GOP message. And he's made clear that they're not going to, in his words, go backward in Wisconsin. So they're going to impose, you know, uh, tax hikes or more regulations on businesses or things that they think are not conducive to what Republicans have done for the past eight years. So it's going to be interesting to watch that relationship. Um, at the outset, people I talk to don't see a whole lot of hope for compromise. They see gridlock is more likely, but, you know, they surprise us sometimes. So keep an open mind and kind of watch what happens going forward. At the same time, lawmakers will begin circulating bills for the first floor session of the year. For the last eight years, Republicans have been able to pass agenda-pushing items such as right to work, voter ID, and concealed carry. What kind of legislation is in the works for 2019, and will Tony Evers be able to keep it in check with his veto pen? Well, uh, on the veto pen, absolutely. I mean, Evers has got the most powerful veto pen in the country of any governor, and he has majorities in both houses that, as long as Democrats stick together, they'll sustain in those vetoes. Now, um, if Democrats break with him, that'd be a different story. But at the outset, it looks like he's getting a solid position that he can stop anything Republicans do that he doesn't want to see happen. Um, as far as bills being introduced, I get the impression that Republicans got a lot of their to-do list or things they thought were important out of the way in this lame duck session because they knew there wasn't much that would happen with Evers that they want to get done. So Evers is not going to sign, you know, legislation to uh, take away his or put more bureaucracy over the decisions that he makes, which is what they did in a lot of ways in those, those bills. So I'm not quite sure what they're going to do in terms of bills, but I don't see another right-to-work type bill, another Act 10 type legislation, more restrictions on organized labor. I don't see those kinds of bills come in the pipeline because they won't go anywhere. 
In February, the new governor will introduce his first budget. What items will take priority, and will Republican lawmakers ignore Evers's budget and work from their own plan instead? You know, Evers has talked about education being a priority, um, so I'd watch that, you know, especially the K-12. I mean, coming from being state superintendent of schools, that's definitely going to be something that people are paying attention to. You know, how many of his campaign promises does he fit in that budget to make it work? We'll see. That's something to watch as well. How does he pay for, for example, the, the income tax cut he wants to do? Um, I don't know. So we'll see what he does. But Republicans have talked openly already about working on what we call base budget. And that means that each agency gets a, a base year, they call it, which is the second year of the, the current budget that they build off of for their next budget request. If Republicans want to work off that base year, that means keeping things as is, essentially. But the question I hear from people is, well, they really want to go through every single agency, you know, even the small ones, and pick over line by line their budget request to see where they want to start. So maybe they do that on bigger things like transportation or taxes or whatnot. But on smaller things, maybe not. Maybe they accept the Evers' position and move on to the bigger fights we'll see, which will be, you know, roads, taxes, schools, uh, University of Wisconsin system, things like that. Those things that I'm watching is the big fights coming up in this next budget. And finally, another state Supreme Court race will be on the ballot this spring. It'll be an open seat for a 10-year term created by Justice Shirley Abrahamson's retirement. Who has all declared their candidacy so far, and will this be another hard-fought race? Well, uh, so far we've seen Brian Hagedorn, who is a appeals court judge appointed by Governor Scott Walker, has declared he's kind of viewed as the, the conservative pick for this race. Um, the left of center judge uh, running, Elisa Neubauer, who is also an appeals court judge, also from the 2nd District Court of Appeals. She's from the Racine area. Um, she has already filed her nomination papers. So it looks like those two will be vying for that seat. And this seat is key because of this. With Rebecca Dallet winning in 2018, it narrowed the conservative majority to 4-3. If Neubauer can hold on to this seat for the liberal branch of the, the court, that means the 2020 race would be for major- the majority of the, the court, which is when Daniel Kelly, another judge appointed by Governor Scott Walker, would be up for retaining it for a full 10-year term, and that would be for all the marbles. So this seat is, is key to set the stage for 2020. Now, if conservatives can win this seat, then they have some breathing room, which makes the Kelly race much less important. But if liberals hold on to it, then you're talking about 2020 being a massive, massive uh, operation with state control of the court being stake for the first time in like a decade. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.